spoke all of these words saying. And the commentaries all wonder, what does the word saying mean? To say to who? Usually when God spoke to Moses and he added the word saying, it meant to say to the Jewish people. But here, all the Jewish people, whoever will be born, were all present. So why does God add that word lamar to say? To say to who? So, thank you very much. The musician Maggot says like this, Lamar doesn't here mean to say, it means to communicate. Commandments into the ten utterances. There are ten utterances with which God made the world. And there are ten commandments. And so these ten correspond to those ten. As it says in the uh, Torah about the gift of the princes of the Jewish people to the tabernacle, each spoon was uh, was a weight, a measurement of ten. So it says, ten, ten. So the Zish Magad explains, ten corresponds to ten. What does that mean practically, that the utterances that God made the world with are connected to the Ten Commandments? Very in sync with what we learned earlier this week. The light of the Torah, the light of the Ten Commandments has to illuminate our lives, has to illuminate the world, has to illuminate the world that was created by God's Ten Utterances. It's not like some people who think that the world is one thing, the Torah is something else. And when they're in the atmosphere of the Torah, so then I'll, then the person thinks, then I'll act like a Torah Jew and I come into the world, then I'll act according to what the world considers to be um, correct, the way the world approaches things. But rather, what Hashem demands of us is that everything, both things of the world and things of Torah, it goes on, even things in the world, have to also be according to the paradigms of Torah. We're, we're not talking about abstaining from forbidden things. That's obvious. Whatever you're not allowed to do, you're not allowed to do. We're referring to our kosher things. They shouldn't be approached with balbatashanachas. They shouldn't be approached with what the world says to be um, a given. This is the way you're supposed to approach it. Rather, the approach to all things, even things which are permissible, has to be according to the perspective of Torah. This is the meaning of expression, a statement in Tehillim. Bread were my tears day and night when people said to me all day, where is your God? On the surface, King David is talking about him being in a situation of misfortune and he's crying, he's nothing to eat. his tears are his bread. And people are asking him, oh, you're going to build a base of Mikdash, you're going to, like, he's suffering and things aren't going according to what it seemed to be the plan that Hashem told him was going to happen. So the Rebbe explains that this statement in a spiritual way. My tears were my bread day and night. A person so bitter that tears are replaced food. The tears... Um, when a person's very upset, so they don't feel hungry. So why is a person so bitter? Why is the Jew so upset? Because people are pining because there's an accusation that is being leveled against me. What's the accusation that's being leveled against me? We're God all day. Your God here means your strength, your power. And who is your God? Hashem. Hashem is your God. Hashem was beyond time and space. And beyond the spiritual cosmos. He is your power. He is your life. He is. 
not only is Hashem, how Hashem transcends the world, is it like your life and strength, but Anoichi Abay I, who am I, Hashem's essence, who is beyond, even being called beyond, Hashem's essence is your life and strength. And this is the question that Hashem asks us, that we're being asked from in heaven, where is your God all day? Where is your feeling that Hashem is your God all day? The fact that you feel that Hashem is your God when you daven or by a febrengen, that's not enough. This is in the script, I'm, I'm translating. Febrengen, that's, that, that's, that's, uh, that's too little, that's not enough. That's not the intent why God placed his soul in the world. If God wanted people to feel that Hashem was their God only during a febrengen or during davening, then he could have, then he would have been satisfied with creating the angels and, or with the souls. Rather, the reason why the soul was brought into this world is to elevate the animal soul, because the soul doesn't need to be fixed. And therefore, the question that's asked from each of us in heaven, from heaven is, that the whole day, while you're eating, while you're drinking, speaking with people, you should, this should be your God. The same thing that you understood when you prayed, when you studied Torah, that's the same thing you should feel while you are talking to people and eating and drinking. That's the meaning of the verse. I was crying that that's that, that, that's totally um, different the way I am. So I was asking me, where is your God all day? You say I'm your God when, when you dive in my Fabrengen, but where am I all day? And do you feel that, that your life and strength is, is godly? It's very interesting. We learned this, this earlier, right? With the Rebbe's Fabrengen in 19... Uh, that's the end of the first segment in this, in the volume one of the Sikhah. In the next two segments, three segments, um, let's see how much time we have, let's see what we can do. Okay, the, the next segment, Rebbe discusses a claim that people have about why you shouldn't study Hasidus. They say, Hasidus is not something you're supposed to learn, or supposed to be hidden. So Rebbe, the response to that is that when God gave us the Torah, he gave us the entire Torah, the revealed parts of Torah, and the hidden parts of Torah. And the contrary, at that time when God gave us the Torah, the hidden part of Torah, the real part of Torah was hidden. Because God gave us the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments have 620 letters. They correspond to the 613 commandments and the seven laws that are of, of the, of the they were instituted by the Chachamim. It's only that in the 620 letters, there was a hint to the 620 commandments. What do we have openly included? All ten commandments. So they had the hidden, the, the hidden part of Torah when God gave us the Torah was this, the commandments of Hashem. What was revealed to us when God gave us the Torah? What do we see? We saw God's chariot. So, so you can't say, oh, you're not going to study Chassidus because Chassidus is meant to be hidden. You're only going to study Gemara and Shulchan Aruch because that's revealed parts of Torah. When God gave us the Torah, he gave us the whole Torah. Revealed parts of Torah at that time was, the, was God's chariot, which is the, the discussion of the inner, the inner dimension of Torah. And the laws of the Torah, the 620 commandments, they all were hidden, they're all nister in the Ten Commandments. Third, in the next segment, Rebbe discusses two other claims people have about why you shouldn't study Chassidus. People say this, number one, if it was necessary, where was it till now? So many years, that means it's not necessary. Number two, this study brings a person to lessen his connection to, to his sense of self and sense of the physical and uh, so it's, it's a negative thing you look at this study as something which like which which like cancels if you will 
It says in the um, Rambam, Nishmane Prakim, that just like there are uh, different kinds of medicine and ailments of the body, so to the different kinds of ailments and medicines for the soul. So we can learn a lot from the way things are by the cures for various things in the body. We can learn about how to approach ailments of the soul. In general, um, what does a illness mean? Illness generally means that something's missing, that, that, there is, that there's a part of the body that's undisturbed, and, but there's another kind of ailment that nothing's missing in the body. On the contrary, it was something that was added, something grew, a piece of flesh grew on the body. So you might think, what's the big deal? There's another piece of flesh in the body. Nothing's missing in the body. Nevertheless, we see this is an illness. And on the contrary, sometimes it can preserve us this greater illness than something missing in the body. And this is this, this, the, a very, very severe illness. I don't even want to call it by its name. You know, the Indian the, the Anima. The illness are the So this additional piece of flesh is damaging in the place where it is, and it could spread or preserve us further. So, since this illness is different than all other kinds of illness, so to the cure of this illness is different than the other illnesses. All other cures are given to the person. However, the cure of this illness is to um, disturb the remaining portion, and through this, the person is truly healed. Want to translate that, Dr. Resman? Okay. That explains. The, the cure of this illness was discovered with a... Um, talk about the second one. Something's growing? Yeah. Okay. Um, the, the cure to this illness, my Hashem preserve us, was discovered um, only a few generations ago. And the methods of how to use this cure was only discovered later. And people are, and there's still research being done. So it's often understood that when someone want, won't want to use this cure because number one, um, it's it's a cure that um, be, oh, a person might say, you know, an, a, a, a cure is only that can um, strengthen the body, not to disturb, not to destroy. And this this cure is is something that disturbs the body. Yes. Dr. All right. So really, it's not just something growing from the body. It's a loss of normal self regulation, and that's what causes tumors and cancer tumors. Loss of your normal self regulation, which is very applicable to people who have the Torah, you have the learning, you lose that control, and you grow into different areas. Okay. The focus of it has is what's the cure for this? The, the cure, cure for this? Yeah. Okay. Destroy. Destroy something. Uh, yeah, you know what we have to destroy. Yeah, I mean, traditional cancer. You're cutting it out. You're radiating out and stuff like that. Today we want to think about how to how to prevent that loss of self-regulation, how to restore it. I mean, so but let's say God forbid someone already has it. Says and they say, oh, I don't want to use that. I don't want to use that cure because um, um, medicine is supposed to strengthen the body, not to destroy. And number two. No one used it generations ago. Yes, you do. So, since generations ago it wasn't used, this cure wasn't used, so 
I don't want to hear about new new doctors with new kinds of uh, kinds of, of medicine. I'll, I'll I'll do the way things were done before. Everyone understands that that, that um, that's not really a claim. You can't say, oh, it wasn't. No one did this before. Since it's a new kind of illness, it requires a new kind of cure. Um, the fact that you have to strengthen and the rest of the, of the healthy part of the body, uh, you have to strengthen the healthy part of the body, but not this additional piece that has grown in the body, because that doesn't belong to the body. On the contrary, it's damaging the body. So you have to destroy that part. So th- this illness, Hashem preserve us, wasn't as common as it is today. And th- th- there wasn't such a, um, re- there wasn't so much research done uh, about this. And the main thing is that Hashem didn't give this illness um, as much. Lately, however, this illness has gotten a lot more common. And Hashem has given the cure before the disease. And, and it has created the, the appropriate uh, means to, to be healed. So everything that exists in the physical world comes from its source in the spiritual world. It, it, has, this, it has a parallel. Just like this illness and this cure, which was discovered in recent generations, um, the reason this happens is because of something similar happening, happening spiritually. The, the reason why this illness has become promulgated and why its cure has become more necessary is because something s- similar has happened uh, in, a, in the spiritual realm, in the, in the, in the uh, last generations. We are at the last moments before the coming of Mashiach. And soon... Hashem is going to put an end to darkness. Automatically, there's a stronger kind of clip of Amalek. Amalek's, uh, Amalek is the, is the clip of arrogance and a sense of health without any reason. In other words, a person could be arrogant because they're rich, because they're knowledgeable. But Amalek is just an arrogant sort of... Um, an arrogance without any reason. So, uh, there, there used to also be arrogance and, and, and pride in, in an unhealthy way. But it wasn't as as coarse as it is today, and that's why this has produced physically an entity which which has no explanation, no reason, an entity that takes away the energy of the body, as if this entity that is grown in the body is the main thing of the body, and and the rest of the body is important. In other words, when that disease grows in the person. That disease, God, God preserve us, it becomes, it, it has no rationale on how it's working. It, it, it says, so to speak, I'm the main thing and the body isn't important. All that needs to happen is my, my growth, my preservation. So this is, this is a, a, of a spiritual malady where people have this, before Mashiach comes, have this sense of the, the, the evil of Amalek, where there's an arrogance without any explanation, without any rationale. It's, it's, it's a new kind of arrogance that didn't exist before. So Hashem gave the cure for the disease. Hashem gave us the teachings of Chassid. And this causes a... Uh, a, a uh, this, this annihilates this illness of, of arrogance, the sense of self. It's often understood that in one detail, the parable is not like the analog. In the parable... If you delay the cure for too long, that could, God forbid, cause something terrible to happen to the healthy part of the body. However, in, um, I'm 
sorry, if you continue the cure for too long, if you're using the cure too much, that could destroy the body. If you use the cure for too long, the person is undergoing treatment more than necessary, that can hurt the healthy part of the body too. However, the spiritual source, the analog for this in Hasidus, you can learn more and more Hasidus, and it will not destroy you. It will only destroy the part of you which is not healthy, the arrogance. But the healthy part of you, it will give energy and strength, as it says that the Torah is called Oz Vitoshia. The Torah is called strength and something that breaks. It gives strength to the godly soul and only breaks the animal soul. It will not destroy the healthy part of you. It will destroy the unhealthy part. So, in short, what Rebbe is saying is that um, the reason why Hashem has given us this... Uh, um, this uh, these teachings of Hasidus is because it's in El- it's because this time of, of, of the exile there's a new kind of spiritual malady which is surfacing in a physical malady that mirrors the spiritual mal- malady and ironically the way to destroy this uh, malady is by uh, unconventional means by attacking it instead of by strengthening the healthy parts of the, of the body and so to um, we must uh, learn Hasidus, which, although it seems like it, it lessens you, makes you less arrogant, less of a sense of self, on the contrary, it's not taking away anything healthy from you, it's, uh, it's only taking away things which are not healthy. That was this, um, the third segment of the spring, and I think we have time to try to do a fourth segment. Um, there is a famous story about Rebbe and Rivka. Rebbe and Rivka was unhealthy when she was very young, and the doctors told her she needs to uh, eat as soon as she gets up, but she didn't want to eat before she daven. So what did she do? She daven really early so she could eat at the same time doctor said she should eat. But that obviously didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't help her. And it's a machzedek said, the Jew has to have energy. The Torah says that you should do the mitzvahs with vitality. You have to bring energy into the mitzvahs. And uh, in order to bring energy in the mitzvahs, you have to have a healthy body. You have to be power. You have to have strength. You have to be joy, happy. And it's a machzedek told her you should not be unhealthy. It's better you should eat before you pray than pray before you eat. Whatever we hear from our Rebbe's is not just a story. The fact that it was told to us, it's certainly a lesson. Sorry, pray before eat or pray before eat? It's, it's better that you... Yes, it's better that you pray than pray in order, than, than pray in order to eat. Got it? So... Um, so in our lives, this has a very generic message. It's a whole different paradigm of living. I've explained. There's two parts of our life. The things we do for God, the things we do for ourselves. Um, whether we need those things, or we think we need them. But those are the things we do for for um, Hashem are the category of davening. Things we do for Hashem. Things we do for ourselves are the category of eating. What is davening? Davening means you're connecting standing. Eating, on the other hand, is about you're hungry for something. You want to get something. How do, what do you do when you're hungry for something? You satisfy your hunger by eating. So all things we do for ourselves are called eating. All things we do for Hashem are called davening. So in the way to approach how to daven and how to eat, there, could, there are many ways. There could be a situation that a person is divided. That is, eating and his davening have no connection to each other. When he davens, when he learns, when he does a mitzvah, when he prays, so that is no, he has no connection with the world. 
and you could think down to, the, to his business or to eat, actually eating, you cannot tell if this guy has any connection to holy spirituality or refinement. But that's obviously not not correct. That's that's foolish. That's that's not what we're talking about. But in a second mod, which which is more relevant, and that is as follows: that there's a connection between your prayers, things you do for God, and eating things you do for yourself. And you look in the Shulchan Aruch, look in the Code of Jewish Law to know what you're supposed to do. You're always doing the right thing. But why are you davening? You're davening in order to eat. That means that since you know that you nebuch, you have, you have a misfortune that you need God. And the way to get stuff from God is by keeping his mitzvahs. The Torah says, if you keep my mitzvahs, I'll give you rain in, your se- in this season. So you have to keep, so to speak, uh, uh, Hashem happy. So, so if you do what Hashem wants you to do in order that he should give you the good stuff. So, want Hashem to give you what you what you want. Um, so you so 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 you have to pay him by davening. You want you want to give Hashem what He's asking you to do, so He'll pay you. The Gemara says that if someone gives charity with, and he has in mind, I'm giving this charity because I want my son to live. He's a perfect tzaddik. So it's there is a way to serve Hashem that your davening is all about eating. That the things you do for Hashem is all about getting stuff. That's that's uh, that, that that is a path. Gemara calls that path the Gomer, perfect tzaddik. However, right doing that, not just you do this once, but that's the way you approach life. Um, then that's uh, that's 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 a path. However, nevertheless, even if you got used to this, since you're doing things for a selfish motive, that's not the ultimate objective. The Gemara says that you should do tarmitzis for the wrong reasons. You might should do them for the right reasons. Uh, but the Gemara is saying because we want we want to bring it to a point where we're doing things for the right reasons. What's the what's the best way things are supposed to be? What's the way things are supposed to be? It's not that you're learning and diving have no connection, and not that you're learning sorry you're learning and have no connection to your eating, and it's not that you're learning and diving Hashem will give you stuff to stifle your hunger to you should get stuff. Rather, the best way the way to approach life is that you eat in order to dive. Of course, you have to dive. In a simple sense, that that's true. When you know that Hashem wants you to learn Torah and do mitzvahs, it can't be any different. So, automatically, you're not davening because you want to get something, because you're da- you davening because Hashem wants you to daven. It's not that you want to. Uh, you're thinking about what you can get in the world to come if you daven, and you're sure not thinking about what you're supposed to get in this world if you daven. You're davening because, Hashem, but that's not enough. What's demanded of us is that even when we eat. Our eating should be for God. That everything should be for the sake of Hashem. In all your ways you should know Hashem. The fact that uh, you'll be rich, that you'll be, in Lebe's words, on down in Broad Street, and you'll be very hard, high in your bracket, and you'll be able to pay 95% taxes. That's not yet the goal of why God made a human being. Everything is made for the sake of holiness. Yes, the, the, the purpose is not that you should, um, that, that's not the goal. The goal is for holiness, in order that you should learn Torah with a sense of tranquility and to do mitzvahs and to give stalker with a, with a broad hand. And don't be satisfied by doing this yourself. You also have to influence others as well. Because when people see that you're rich and that's what you're doing, that it'll be much easier for you to influence others as well. As we see that when a, person, when a poor person says something, it will lapse at him. When a rich says, person says something, even if it's a foolish thing, everyone follow, everyone copies him. 
How much more so if a rich person does something that's correct? So automatically, when he'll put on film, people will also put on film. He'll keep Shabbos, people will also keep Shabbos. Because people will see, this is the rich guy. How do you get rich? Because he keeps Shabbos. When he'll put on a Binotam's film, people will start wearing a Binotam's film. When he'll start eating Shemur Matzah, everyone, all the other Matzah bakeries will close because everyone's going to want to get Shemur Matzah. That's the meaning of eating the sake of davening. That all of a person's things and all of his needs, which are called eating, things that he, he needs, have to be for the sake of davening, have to be for the sake of Torah Mitzvahs. In order, and in order to bring more vitality to Hermitsis. He wants to get stuff, not because he wants to get stuff. He wants to get stuff for the sake of davening. This should bring more energy, more excitement in Hermitsis. Another lesson we get from the above mentioned is like this is as follows. This, was give, this instruction was given by Tzamech Tzedek to a woman, to a mother of children, which later became a... Um, well, one of her children later became the leader of the Jewish people, Rebbe Rivka, who mothered the, uh, um, the um, what's the lesson? When you want to, um, that your children should grow in a way that they shouldn't daven for the sake of eating. And they don't, shouldn't live in a way that they're davening, they're eating, nothing, nothing to do with each other. But that they should eat for the sake of davening. It's the upon the mother, that she should act in a way and give that spirit into her children from the youngest of ages when they're still in their cribs to give them that feeling that all of their things in their life have to be connected with Hashem and without that, even if they have food to eat but there's no taste in the food, what makes the food eat, that the food has a connection that's for Hashem and then when you educate and when you educate your children in this way your children will grow to be great people and they will um, they'll have an ability to daven, they'll have ability to eat, and they'll be able to eat the way Hashem wants. Because what does Hashem want? That you should have from His full and open and holy hand. And it's not just they should have body revichi, but Hashem wants us to have abundance, not just in nachas from our children, but also abundance in, in our health and abundance in pranasa. And may it be that Hashem should give us a case of Brach Bidai should pour brachas down without any limitation. There should a, a blessed home spiritually and a blessed home physically. And the father and mother should be able to have nachas from, with long life in their children, spiritual nachas and physical nachas.